Be not afraid. That's a command that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, uttered many times during his three-year earthly ministry. And it's a command that his vicar on earth, Pope John Paul II, repeated many, many times during his 26 years as the successor of St. Peter, beginning at his very first Mass as Holy Father. And today, that very same John Paul II is being beatified. This John Paul II who lived a life of fearless discipleship. That's how I would describe it. Fearless discipleship. Beatification, of course, is the second to the last step in the process of canonization. A person is beatified by the Catholic Church only after his or her life has been analyzed and scrutinized and meticulously investigated and after a miracle has been attributed to his or her heavenly intercession. The Church, incidentally, has very strict standards as to what qualifies as an official miracle. Very strict standards. As most of us know, the healing of a French nun, Sister Marie Simone Pierre, of Parkinson disease back in 2005, is the miracle attributed to the heavenly prayers of John Paul II. He will need another one before he can be canonized a saint, something for which I have humbly volunteered my own personal services. Why not? I love John Paul II. Whatever I can do to help him move from Blessed John Paul to St. John Paul, I will happily do, because I'm such a nice guy. I prayed very hard about what I would say on this day, this glorious day of his beatification. And when I did that, the line that kept coming to mind over and over again was that one I shared at the very beginning, be not afraid. It's been said that love makes the world go round. That was in a song, wasn't it, a number of years ago? And there's a certain amount of truth in that. But because we live in a world that is tainted by original sin, It is also true to say that much of the world these days goes round in fear and not in love. People fear, for example, that they won't be accepted at work or at school, that they won't be liked. So to build themselves up, they knock other people down. They belittle their co-workers, their fellow students. They even might spread nasty rumors about them. Much of that is rooted in fear when it happens. People fear that they won't have enough. They won't have enough when they retire. They won't have enough resources available to them, enough in their bank account. So they steal, or they cut corners on their taxes. We fear that we'll lose our friends if we don't do what they're doing, if we don't engage in the very same evil activities that they're engaging in on a regular basis. So we end up compromising our moral values, and we follow our friends into sin. Some people call that peer pressure. You can call it whatever you want. It's rooted in fear. A young woman fears that her boyfriend will reject her if she doesn't give in to his sexual advances, so one day she finally gives in. Fear. We fear that other people will think we're weak and take advantage of us if we forgive, so we don't forgive. And we might hold grudges for days, weeks, months, 
even years. And on and on it goes, my brothers and sisters. Reflect on your own life today. If you do that honestly, you'll find that many of the things that you do and don't do each and every day are motivated by fear. Now, the fear is usually unconscious in us, but it's real nonetheless, to which blessed John Paul II would say, be not afraid. These words, incidentally, were words that he himself made every effort to live by. That's so important to mention. Make no mistake about it, when it came to dealing with fear, John Paul II's life stood behind his teaching. Because of the events of his personal life, and because of the political and social situation he had to deal with for years, many years, John Paul confronted fear constantly from the very earliest days of his life. But by the grace of God, he consistently won the battle. And if he can do it, so can we. We're human beings, like he was. So what would John Paul II say to us today if he were standing here at this pulpit? What insights would he give us on battling fear based on his own personal life experience? Well, we can't know the answer to that question for sure, but I strongly suspect that he would say to us things like this. First of all, he would say, do not fear that God will fail you. Do not fear that God will fail to provide for your needs. He will. Remember, I lost my entire family before I was 21 years of age. My only sister died before I was born. My mother died when I was only eight. My elder brother and only brother, a medical doctor whom I greatly loved and admired, died three years later. And my father, who was my greatest spiritual inspiration, died tragically less than a decade after that. At 20, I had already lost all the people I loved. By the way, that, la that last line is a direct quote from the Holy Father. At 20, I had already lost all the people I loved. But the Lord was always there for me, and he will always be there for you, so do not be afraid. The Holy Father would also say to us, do not be afraid of lies. Do not be afraid of the lies the world tells you every day about the human person and about the nature and meaning of human life. When I lived under Nazi and communist rule in Poland, I battled these lies constantly, every single day. But I knew the truth, the truth rooted in my Catholic faith. And I proclaimed it openly and clearly, as openly and clearly as I possibly could. Nazism and communism were political and economic systems built on the very worst of lies. So they were doomed from the start. Many people were surprised when Soviet communism crumbled in Eastern Europe in the early 1990s. I was not. What's built on lies eventually dies. So don't be afraid of them. John Paul would also say to us, surely 
Do not be afraid of suffering. I suffered in so many ways in my own life. I just told you about some of them. Losing all the members of my family before I was 21. Living for years under Nazi and communist oppression. I was even forced to study for the priesthood secretly in an underground seminary. But there were many other sufferings as well. For example, the time I was shot in St. Peter's Square in 1981 and nearly died. And of course, my long and difficult battle with Parkinson's disease. But through these and all the other trials of my life, I looked to God, and I found my strength in Him. His grace was always sufficient for me, and it will always be sufficient for you. So be not afraid. Do not be afraid to confront your sin, he would say to us, and to repent of it. I instituted today's feast, this beautiful feast of the Divine Mercy, to remind the world that every sin, every single sin, without exception, can be forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. And don't be afraid to take your sins into the confessional. Jesus gave the power to priests to dispense his mercy to repentant sinners. As you heard him say to the very first priest in today's gospel, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them. And speaking of forgiveness, the Holy Father would certainly say to us, do not be afraid to extend forgiveness to other people. Forgiveness is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. And it, it's an act that brings with it liberation, freedom, true freedom, and peace. Remember how I forgave the man who tried to assassinate me back in 1981. I did that because it was the right thing to do. I did it because I knew the Lord wanted me to do it. And I did it to set an example for the world. Hate destroys. Forgiveness heals. Do not be afraid also to face the tough issues and the tough questions. After all, as a Catholic, you possess the truth, the fullness of God's revealed truth. Because I wasn't afraid of tackling the tough issues, the contemporary issues, for example, regarding sexual morality, because I wasn't afraid to do that, I gave the world a series of teachings known as the theology of the body. Teachings that will help people to find fulfillment in their relationships for generations to come. And finally, I think John Paul would say to us, do not be afraid of the future, and certainly do not be afraid of death. Jesus promised to be with us always until the end of time. And as he told us, he told his disciples, and also us by extension, he said that in his Father's house there are many dwelling places, including one for you and one for me, if we remain faithful. Remember how I approach death. I put myself confidently in the hands of Jesus through Mary. The last words my secretary heard me say on my deathbed were, Totus Tuus. My Episcopal motto, totally yours, Mary. And without any fear in my heart, I said to a nun during my final hours on earth, let me go 
to the Lord. My brothers and sisters, I hope you join me today in thanking God. And I mean really thanking God for the gift that this man was, John Paul II, to all of us, to the Church, to the entire world. I hope you will join me in thanking God for the many lessons that came to us through this man, especially that very important lesson, be not afraid. Given the fact that he is now blessed John Paul II, I think the best way for us to conclude this morning is to seek his heavenly intercession for all of our special intentions. And we all got a lot of things that we're praying for, I'm sure. For this purpose, I'll use the prayer I gave out for people to say for my healing a few weeks back. I think this is a prayer that's best said on our knees, and so I invite you now to kneel as I say the prayer in the name of each and every one of us. O Blessed Trinity, we thank you for having graced the Church with Pope John Paul II and for allowing the tenderness of your fatherly care the glory of the cross of Christ, and the splendor of the Holy Spirit to shine through him. Trusting fully in your infinite mercy and in the maternal intercession of Mary, he has given us a living image of Jesus, the Good Shepherd, and has shown us that holiness is the necessary measure of ordinary Christian life and is the way of achieving eternal communion with you. Grant us, by his intercession, and according to your will, the graces we implore, hoping that he will soon be numbered among your saints. Amen.